Kia ora, I'm Georgia. I'm Catherine. And I'm Molly. And you're listening to... Pimpod! Kia ora, lovely listeners, and welcome to this week's episode of Parent Pod. How are you, Georgia? I'm refreshed. Oh, tell us more. (laughs) Feeling refreshed. Um, I had my first night away since well before Florence was born um, in the weekend for a friend's hen's do. So I had a night down in Queenstown. Which was oh fun, amazing! It was like exactly what I needed. I think came at a really great, really good time. I'm um, so nice. You went to Queenstown. What did you do? Oh, it was so lovely. So I flew down on Saturday morning, um, and then we went to a winery for a long lunch. And then went to another winery for wine tasting. And then we had like two Airbnb. Airbnb's booked that we just went back to and did games and things like that and it was just it was with school school friends so you know when you just see people that some of the girls I hadn't seen in a really long time like maybe five years and it just it just felt so easy and comfortable and you know we were reminiscing on old times and it was just it was really really nice I I definitely felt like I was missing an arm not having the kids yeah I bet or just like missing an ear with someone yeah. being like, mum, 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 mum. It is really strange not having to think about anyone else when your whole life you are constantly thinking about other people. Yeah, that is so strange. Gosh, but it must have been an absolute ripper of a weekend. It was. And I was really nervous about going because Flo is still, I still feed Flo at night like Mm. before she goes to bed for the night. So I was a little bit nervous about that, but she slept through the whole night. Didn't, didn't like, she doesn't take cow's milk or formula or anything. Just, she just didn't have anything and she was completely fine. So yeah. And she slept through, didn't she? So like, she's not even hungry. I know it was amazing. And I think it was really nice for Tomo and Flo. I think, they, you, I can see they have bonded from Aww. me being away for the night, which is really special to see. And I think he, like Tomo just had the two of them and he, I think he really loved it. I also think it like gave him a little bit of appreciation for. Great. Yeah. That's like he said to, he so said to nice. me this morning, he was like, I didn't get any cleaning, any washing, like nothing else done. I literally just kept these two alive and like fed and that was all I could manage. Uh, Which is totally like, fine. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was like, no worries. <laughs> so yeah, it was really great. I'm feeling, I just, I feel like I really needed that. Mm. Yeah. I bet. Good. Especially after like all the sickness and how run down you've all been and stuff. And did you lie in? Or not? Oh my god! I was still awake at like ten past six after having a late night, but I was like, "But I can just lie here, yeah, and do nothing. Just stare at the ceiling." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And do you know what? Actually, probably the time I noticed it the most was when I was on the plane, and I put my headphones in and I listened to a podcast, and I just sat and closed my eyes. <gasps> a plain journey without kids it's like the holy grail georgia <laughs> yeah i was like wow this is so peaceful yeah really peaceful you didn't miss someone like kicking your chair or poking your face or anything no oh funnily <laughs> enough no i didn't and when the ear hostess came around and was like do you want a glass of water i was like yeah i don't have to worry about someone spilling this everywhere i'll take that uh, you should have been like, screw water, bring me wine. I yeah, I should have. stronger. Yeah. Um, but how was your weekend? You guys went camping, didn't you? Yeah, we decided to go camping. First camp of the season. Uh, we really undenied about whether it be too cold or not. And the days were gorgeous. It was lovely. Oh. And then um, the nights were cold. 
but we all just wore thermals and were, were fine. Oh, it was so nice. I love the fact that you're just outside all day. You know, you have like breakfast outside and dinner and it's just, yeah, love it. You always feel really refreshed afterwards. Different kind of refreshed, yeah. but felt refreshed. Yeah. And did you just do lots of exploring during the days as well? We actually went to wineries every day as well. Oh. <laughs> just with kids and toes. Yeah. And you're pregnant. <laughs> and I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I just tried a bit. It was yeah. great. It was yeah. lovely. Um, and they were the uh, wineries we went to great food really lovely and they had playgrounds which was amazing so the kids yeah they just grabbed food and played um I just completely forgot though that being pregnant most of the time I don't remember and I just didn't even think about the fact that I I go to the loo in the night when when you're camping and it's freezing cold was such a pain like traipsing around the campsite at like 1am and (laughs) 4am trying to find the toilets Oh my gosh, of course I didn't even think, I wouldn't have even thought about that. Yeah, try to get a site semi-close to the toilets then. Or just semi-close to a bush. (laughs) Yeah, actually that's probably better. Yeah, ah, although Australia snakes. Oh gosh, yeah, true. Yeah, a bum, could you imagine being bitten on the bum at two o'clock in the morning whilst having a night wee? No, I honestly, I I am terrified of snakes. I yeah, do not think too. I could go camping in Australia. Yeah, it does. It does freak me out sometimes, but I just, I try not to think about it. And I think my children are so noisy. Surely no snake would dare come near us. They would scare it. Yeah, true. That scared away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh. So we should probably get into this week's episode. And it's one I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, it was, I mean, we are teachers, but it was, really great hearing from Rebecca she was yeah she was awesome very reassuring I think oh I was about to say so reassuring because I think you think about your child starting school all the time don't you yeah and and there's such a whole world of emotions that come with that and she was so reassuring and I just thought I really want you to teach my children, please. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So did I. She's amazing. <laughs> um. So yeah, let's get into it. And I definitely say worth listening to, even if you've got a much younger baby or you've already got a child at school, because loads of the tips that she gives, I think, are applicable to children of all ages. Yes. Whether they're starting yep. like preschool or high school or whatever. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Let's get Enjoy. into it. Enjoy. This week we're chatting to the gorgeous Rebecca Power, a deputy principal and very experienced year zero to two teacher, or and now years three to four teacher and team leader. Originally from Dunedin, Rebecca was an associate principal up in Wellington before heading down to sunny Christchurch. Rebecca also has two beautiful girls, Izzy and Olivia, and now we have learned that she's also got a dog called Molly. <laughs> We've both had the pleasure of working with Rebecca and know she's the lady with all the answers when it comes to starting school in those first few years. Thank you so much for chatting to us, Rebecca. How are you? Kia ora. I'm really, really good. It's it's lovely to uh, have this opportunity because so many of our parents you know, ask all these questions. So it's going to be nice having a chat with both of you. Yeah, yeah lovely. Thank you. <laughs> um, so Rebecca, straight into it. How should we choose a school for our children? What should we be looking for? Well, in many areas, you don't have too much choice. That The government mm-hmm. policy is that you go for your local school. Um, mm-hmm. And lots of schools will have a school zone. So it is really important that um, early on, three or four, that you have a wee ask around and a little look around your neighbourhood and mm-hmm. find out if your school has a school zone. So you may not have that much choice unless you go private um so so the things to do though is if you do have choice is go visit go visit with your children go play in the playground uh wander around and just just you know look in the windows um and just notice what the grounds are like and then if you think you're getting closer to finding the school that you want see if there's a tour that you can do and go talk with someone so as deputy principal I often take parents around and answer their questions and show them inside the classrooms and um, see 
see if they've got uh, any specific questions that need answering. And mm -hmm. we also run a parent evening. So lots of schools will have uh, new entrant parent evenings that you can ring your local school and find out about. And at mm -hmm. those evenings, you've got a chance to meet the new entrant teachers and often the principal uh, at another place to find out how that school operates. But most of all, after you've done all those things, I say to parents that it's how do you feel about the place? Has it got the kind of values yeah. that you want? And does it seem to have the kind of um, culture of positivity or relationships that you are interested in? And how did you feel when you were welcomed by the office staff, by the uh, deputy mm. principal or the principal? You know, did you feel welcome? Uh, were you mm -hmm. able to ask any question? And could you visualise you being part of that school and part of that school community? Because it's really important that you feel like you could belong there. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think how you feel about the place is the most important thing. And I guess how if you yeah. feel good, then that will rub off onto your kids, won't it? Mm. I, I, I always say to parents that the most important thing that you can do to help your child settle into a school and have a really good time at primary school is to become actively involved in the school as a parent. So right. you want a school where you do get involved and your children will love it that you're involved with what happens at school. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's really so good. Yeah, so important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then with starting school, obviously in New Zealand, um, we start at around five. Do kids have to start on their birthday or how does it work? Do kids, um, some schools have just one or two intakes a year. How does that all work? So there's a, there's a few different things. So legally, you have to start before you turn six. So you, you can't oh, okay. start. You can't start after your sixth birthday. You've got to start six or earlier and the earliest you can start is on your fifth birthday so okay and parents have a choice in most schools when they start their children and some mm -hmm. will delay it till a bit later because they think that uh, their child needs a bit more time to mature or they might delay it. Some parents delay it because of the timing and they're, they're at preschool and they work and they've got the summer ahead mm -hmm. of them and they need that yeah. because they're working and their kid will be at, their children will be at preschool. So they mm -hmm. might start after the summer holiday. So a really practical reason. Oh, right, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. It is. So, you know, and I, again, always say to parents that whatever decision is right for them is okay. And yeah. some schools, like mm -hmm. the one I work at, we call it cohort entry. And that's a legal okay. a legal process that you have to go through that the ministry has set. And children, once they've turned five, can start at a cohort. And a cohort could start on the Monday of the first Monday of the term or the Monday of week mm. six of the term. So there's two cohort okay. entry dates per term. Uh, and, okay. and the way that works is that you have to start on that date. And if your birthday is the next day, you have to wait to the next cohort entry date. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you can only start on those dates. So there's a few children that might have to wait four weeks before they could start. Um, mm -hmm. even if their birthday was only one day different. Gosh, that is so, just speaking from experience, being a new entrance teacher, that makes so much more sense because it was so difficult having new kids starting, you know, at least once or twice a week we had a new child starting and it was quite yeah. hard to keep up with it. And um, so that makes so much more sense having two intakes a term. Yeah, mm. so... At our, at our school, we um, surveyed the community and they all very, very positively said, let's do cohort. And then yeah. when we resurveyed a year later, we had a very, very positive response. And it's because mm. those parents and children, they go to their transition sessions together. They start school yes. on the same to yeah. day together in a group and they all support each other. They can be welcomed by the teacher and the children together and mm -hmm. the teacher, like you just said, Georgia, the teacher can plan to go, right, I've got a whole group that need to be supported mm. with starting school. And and you can plan your term um, and your visits and everything around it. So as a school, we see it's really positive for the children as well. Yeah, that's a great idea. Mm. 
And so the bit that's always confused me is this whole, um, will my child go into year zero or will they go into year one when they start? Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's a really um, common question. So I always call them all new entrants. You know, they've all started school, so I call them the new entrants. But the government does fund schools for the 1st of July, and that's their funding date. And when the government changed right. that... It meant that if you started before the 1st of the July, you were technically year one. If you started after the 1st oh. of July, you were technically year zero. And that's the government's funding. However, every school will have a different date that they mm. decide when there's year zero and year one. So at my school, okay. if, if you start in term two, you are year zero. And then the following yeah, year, that's a good date. Your yeah. year one. Um, so all the children that start in the first term, they get to have a whole year at school. So they're year one. And then the following year, they're year two. But if you start, yeah, in, right. if you start term two or later, then you've only got part of a year at school. So your year zero, mm. and then you get your full year of year one, full year of year two. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That's good. And I think it's hard, I mean, probably to say to parents at the time, but I always think, think of them when they're year 13. You don't want them being, you know, you don't want them going to university as a 17-year-old for six months of the year because that's so young to be leaving home or, mm. Um, mm. you know, you always try and think of it at that end, I think. It, it is really good to think ahead to that. And the other thing we say to parents, it's always a conversation. So if we get the classification wrong for your child, if in a couple of years' time you're thinking, gosh, they're in a year group that's not right socially and emotionally, mm. then it's a discussion if there's a possibility of reclassification because schools do have that option to see if that's the best thing mm. for your child. So I think it's always a discussion. Um, and I think the other thing yeah. that happens yeah, I think the other thing that happens is parents often ask and schools are different, but some schools have like a new entrant reception class and the new entrants okay. might be with that teacher for a really short time and then when it gets too full, they move to another class within their first year of school. And that's so it's, it is right. different. Other schools like my school, we full up, we get the teacher, we fill them up, then we hire another teacher fill them up right. so yeah. it, there's a few differences that you could mm -hmm. end up with more than one teacher in your first year of school okay so that okay. might be a question question to ask if you're looking at schools oh definitely yeah. that is one to yeah. ask but, but yeah, yeah especially if you think you've got a child who might who really needs to form a relationship with one person to feel settled and and i i think i'd have that discussion before enrolling so that that's part of the transition to school and you'd have a plan in place and could talk about it with the teacher so how would you know as a parent when your child is ready to start school i'm asking you this both as a parent and as a deputy principal <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, sometimes parents don't have a choice. Their child has been talking about school for a long time and they can't wait, And <laughs> especially if they're child number two or three and they're just wanting to be at the school that their older siblings have been to. So, yeah, yeah. that was me. Mum was yeah. like, you're ready when you're about four. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I think it might depend on the position in your family because those ones with older siblings, they're just ready to be at school and they know the school and they know the teachers and they're ready mm, yeah but um often your um teachers at kindergarten or at your preschool they're the first people that would be talking to you they would be okay. you know often often about four and a half um you might have a child who's noticing that their older friends are going to school and so they're starting mm -hmm. to miss their older friends who have already just left kindergarten or left their preschool they the teacher might have commented that they are um, really showing that they're wanting to find out more about different things and so I think that preschool early childhood teacher often they they will say to parents gosh they're ready to start school they're asking right. lots of questions mm. they're really confident they're showing leadership at kindergarten by helping other children mm. um you know all those things so you know that they really have grown in maturity even at, 
at kindergarten. Um, mm-hmm. It is different for all children. So we have parents that are saying that their children need another six months um, at kindergarten, and we support that. We have children who um, who come to school and are very different in how they present. So we've got some children who might come to school reading books, and we've got other children who can't read their name. So as yeah. primary school teachers, we open our arms and we receive children who come in all sorts of uh, readiness for school, and then it's the classroom mm-hmm. teacher's responsibility to um, take them from where they're at. I think social and emotional is probably one of the critical areas if you're wondering if they're mm. ready for school. Um, I wouldn't separate yeah. them and hold them back from their friends that are all going through. I think that's actually quite important okay. to keep them right. with yeah. their friends. Yeah. Okay. Because that's of really good to know. Social and emotional. Yeah. Academic, that's the teacher's job, the school's job to support your child wherever they're at. So. I would go social and emotional is your biggest area to think about. Is my child ready for school? And I was going to say, I guess, thinking about the whole family life as well. You know, if yeah. you're maybe moving house or you've got a new baby coming into the family, that probably isn't the best time to start school, is it? You know, I think it's, I keep on going back to the kindergarten or preschool teacher because the primary teacher doesn't know your child. So I wouldn't ask the primary teacher if your child, if they thought your child was ready, I would ask the kindergarten teacher or the preschool teacher, Right? do you think my child's ready for school? Um, okay. Because they're the ones yeah. that have got a relationship with them. So yeah. I guess you're saying like, if, you're, if your child can't read or can't recognise letters yet, that's okay. Don't worry about it. If that's what's making you not want to send them to school, send them anyway and they'll figure that out once they get there. That, that's exactly right and that new environment at the school is what's going to expose them to to the things that they don't yet have so and mm, yeah. classrooms classrooms and schools are set up for whoever they get and you'll have some yeah. children who are very orally confident and talk heaps and others that are really really quiet um the mm. one that talk talks heap mightn't be able to read the one that's really really quiet yeah. might have some reading skills so they're all going to bring mm. yeah different things to the classroom yeah I think that's really great to know because I think that's what a lot of parents worry about and we someone else we spoke to said you know you do worry about sending your child to school if they can't read yet or recognize their name because you worry that that's a reflection on you as a parent Mm. and I think so it's really nice to hear from your perspective that that's okay and you get kids of all different abilities mm. um, when they arrive to school. So that's reassuring. Yeah, and I, and I think we're very aware too with the world that we live in, that we've got working parents, we've got um, yes. COVID um, disruptions where children haven't gone to kindergarten yeah. or preschool as much. Um, of course. We've got, uh, you know, in Christchurch, we have got parents that, have wanted to keep children closer um, and not have them yep. at preschool. Uh, so we really yep. want children to have gone to preschool because research shows that if children have gone to preschool, kindergarten, that they will get there. Even if they're not reading, they, they do by the time they're about seven or eight, it all evens up compared to, okay. um, say, children who might have gone to a different type of early childhood experience where they were taught to read. Um, okay. even those ones that didn't learn to read, because they've had a rich early childhood environment, they will be ready to start learning and they will get there. And oh, I guess that's where nice. that, um, like the social side of it comes in, isn't it? Yeah, all, all those skills for communicating, collaborating, um, all the social relationship skills, the learning to manage yourself and take responsibility to do things that kindergartens and preschools do so well. Mm. Um those are the skills that they bring with them to school that we then have to do something with. So that's probably one thing we can do to help our child be prepared to go to school. What else could we do? Well, there's really practical things. So things like managing, learning to manage yourself. So kindergarten will do a lot, but there's lots at home. So can they dress themselves? Can they dress themselves oh, in yeah. the school, unif- school uniform or whatever they're going to wear? Um, and I always say to parents, get really big jerseys so they're easy for them to pull off because I will not be out there in yeah. the playground helping them take it off. 
and then they get stuck yeah. with the jersey on. So <laughs> can they dress themselves and take things off is really important. Are they comfortable yeah. going to the toilet by themselves, number ones and yeah. number twos? And a lot of parents yeah. do get caught out where they have been helping their child with number twos right up to school. And okay. primary schools are not set up for helping children toilet. No. We don't we don't have the physical environment or the processes. Um, and then it can if children haven't got that confidence, that can cause toileting problems. So yeah, Definitely. that's yeah. that's a yeah. that's a big one and, and to use getting ready for school as part of the incentive for being independent. Mm. Um, okay. And if they come home a little bit smelly and dirty, that's that's okay. Where you know they'll soon learn as they get older to look after themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's practical. And, and things like their school bag and lunchbox, uh, it's really exciting to buy a new one for their fifth birthday. But practice using it. Can they zip it up? Can they open every part right. of their lunchbox okay. and close it? Because we get a lot of lunchboxes that even adults find tricky to shut. And mm. part of that confidence in the new entrant classroom is if they can do things themselves and are not having to wonder, will there be somewhere, someone to help me, but to feel confidence. So I think those practical things are really, really, really important. Mm. Yeah, things like... Um putting the lunchbox and a jersey and a reading folder in the bag and then trying to zip it up because I know at the end of the day they used to get so flustered if they couldn't do that and there were tears and so So, yeah that's probably a great thing to practice yeah so I was one of the things that I always say to parents as part of managing themselves is don't pack your child's school bag let them pack it themselves Mm. so you know I used to have a spot in the hallway where the school bag went and everything that I wanted to put inside that school bag for the next day I put it on the floor beside it and then my girls Mm. would put everything into it so they knew how to put it in but they also knew where to find it because as teachers, uh, we do yeah. we do we do have a bit of a giggle because they will say, "No, I don't have my home learning. No, I don't have my reading folder. No, I didn't bring my water <laughs> bottle." And and that's because they didn't pack their bag, so they don't know yeah. it's in yeah. their bag. So that's probably one of my biggest things: is have a spot where the school bag's kept, and mm. where as you remember things that need to go in it for the next day, that you just build up the pile, and then the night yeah. before, sit down with your child and help them to pack their own school bag because then they've got ownership. They know exactly what's mm. in their bag and they can find it and they can unpack it at school. Um, so that's something you can start at kindergarten and preschool is getting them to have that responsibility for their school yeah, bag. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. Um, communication, that's another thing to help with getting ready for school. So um, do they approach and go up to their kindergarten teachers and ask for help? Do they go and ask questions? And can they say how they're feeling? So if they're feeling sad or upset or angry or worried, you know, can they, do they go and tell yep. the teacher at kindergarten those kind of things? And that's something that mum or dad can do to help them. They can say, let's go and talk to your teacher about that problem you had yesterday and take them up to have that wee chat. So they learn learn to actually talk to the teacher and 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 get support from the teacher yeah I guess you don't want to think that they're going through the whole day with this problem and they don't have the confidence to ask for help or to talk to a teacher so yeah that's a really great one actually. yeah that it is a good one um other thing you can do to prepare is read read and read to your child um including nursery rhymes yeah. including alphabet sound books um just you know, lots and lots of that, lots of counting in everyday life, counting the numbers on letterboxes, counting how many knives and forks are going on the table as they help you set the table. So lots of counting. Uh, as you push the swing, counting. So they're learning how to count and just yeah. normal, normal everyday playing and uh, home life. Um, and that's the same with things yeah. like colours and things like that, just normal everyday stuff. Um, reading their name. Being able to recognise their name, that's a really good one. Mm. So if their name's on their bedroom door or their name's on their piece of art, can they read it and, and go, oh, look, that says yeah. Rebecca. So that that's yeah. a really important, important one. Um, and all that fine motor stuff, so cutting and gluing. Um, mm. I know 
yeah, I think that's really important, especially if you've got a child who's always playing outside on the police bikes at kindergarten. Um, <laughs> when are they getting that opportunity to hold a crayon to draw or to cut out paper and glue it onto something? Because those fine motor skills are the precursor to writing. So mm. all of that craft with cutting and gluing and sticking is crucial as a, as a getting children ready for school. And if they're good at cutting, okay. they're going to be good at writing and holding their pencil because they've developed that strength in their hand. Mm. So that that's a really important one. And uh, it's it's easy for parents to leave it up to kindergarten because you don't want the mess at home. But that <laughs> mess at home is going to help them because they'll be so good at cutting, gluing and sticking. And oral language. So one of the things that researchers have recently found out is that children's oral language has declined and children are starting school with less conversations and less words and so mm. and possibly that's due to devices possibly due to yeah. busy family life people both yeah. parents working all of these things so it's looking for the time to have conversations and discussions about what's happening around them and what they've noticed as they go for a walk to the park and things like that. So, mm. And what about children who maybe you feel may have a bit more anxiety about being away from mum or dad um, or struggled at preschool drop-offs and things like that? How would you prepare them for? Because, um, like, I've seen that as a teacher, you know, the children who still – cry at drop-off every day and I felt it as a parent you know as preschool drop-offs what do we do how can we prepare yeah. them well I think schools are getting better and better at transitioning and preparing children so when right. children have anxiety um I think it's really important to give them some control and some choice so get them involved in how you prepare for starting school. So they might be involved in helping to choose their lunchbox and choose their school bag. Mm, or right, okay. if they don't if they don't wear a uniform, maybe they could choose their special first to have school outfit, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe they actually help plan what treats you buy at the supermarket for lunch this week. So that, oh, they've, yeah. again, they've had some involvement um, for something outside of school to bring into school. And then the school might do things like have a social story, a little digital book or a paper book that they've made about the teacher in the classroom so that you can oh. actually read a little story about the school that they're going to. And yes. it might have a photo of the teacher and say, here is Ms. Power. You know, this is where you hang up your school bag. And, and it just might have photos and a little story. And more and more schools do a social story to help children settle. Um and that would be something that I'd really, really um, include. Oh, that's great. That's such a good idea. I didn't know that even existed. Um, so when our kids start school, what kind of transitions can we expect? Is there like a few weeks that they slowly transition into school? Yeah, so so every school does do it differently. Um, so what will happen sometimes is that the preschool and the kindergarten might take groups of children to go visit the new entrant classrooms oh, at okay. school um, and sometimes the new entrant class will take a group to the kindergarten or the preschool to visit as well it's been oh, a little bit less nice. because of nice. yeah it's been a bit less because of COVID lately but often mm. you used to take a wee group backwards or forward and, and it would be really special and you know the kindergarten teacher would come with that little group and that would be a really nice supportive way for them so that that's one yeah really positive way um the other way like for example at our school we have two visits and they come for the morning um okay. the children wear their uniform and bring their school oh. bag and they just join in the morning with the other children and meet their teachers and the parents then come and meet with me and ask all their questions and have a tour of the school and can pop back into the classroom if they need to go check their child um, okay. but usually most of them don't have to go and check their child they, mm -hmm. once they've kind of waved goodbye. Um, and if there's if there's some children who are clinging, you know, we might do things like get mum or dad to be in the class, then they might move outside and I'll say, look, I'll bring a cup of coffee and just sit outside and be nearby. Yeah. And, um, and over time, they get further away. We also have often 
teacher aides that will support children so on those visits Mm -hmm. if if you've got a child who needs an adult to give them extra attention at our school we always make sure that we've got extra adults around who can help support the children Mm -hmm. so I think just to reassure those parents and then once parents go we'll say you know we'll let you know how they're settling and let you know if they're not parent interview we have a parent um, twice a year. We do a parent information evening, and lots of schools will do that, yep. so that parents can come along, meet the teachers, um, ask lots of questions, get told far too much information. But again, <laughs> it's just another. <laughs> it's another way, another way of finding out a little bit more. And I always say, you know, when you do start school, I say to parents, drop back some of your extracurricular activities because your children are going to be exhausted. And I always say oh, that first term, yeah. you know, d- don't do swimming lessons for a term, that kind of thing. Cut back um, because the children okay. will come home and they'll just be so physically and emotionally tired and exhausted. Um, and unfortunately, the parents get the brunt of that behaviour <laughs> if, if their children are overtired. Oh, yeah. School. Yeah. Yeah. Just the tears in the evening with not being able to stay up, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. And they're, and they're just so, so tired because they're, all day they're absorbing new things, new friendships, new routines. Um, so mm. definitely to help them with that transition is be prepared to do less after school and to do less in the weekends for a short time. And that will help your children. It's really worthwhile. That's a great tip. So can you talk to us about the first day, Rebecca? What can we expect on that first day of school? How can we help them get ready for that first day of school as well? And all the emotions, I imagine, and anticipation that comes with it. Yeah, going back to, um, you know, before we talked just about um, some anxiety things. And so, again, get the children involved in either a special meal the night before or have they chosen breakfast and they might choose pancakes for breakfast or something. Because, you know, make it a real kind of rite of passage celebration that this is this really special thing that you're doing. And I think sometimes parents, I have more parents crying than I do children crying on the first day of school, <laughs> as they say oh, goodbye. <laughs> as they say goodbye to especially if it's if it's their last child starting school. Oh yeah. It's really emotional. Yeah, it's really emotional for parents. So that's okay as mum and dad, you know, it's okay to be emotional. Um try and save it after the children have gotten to class so they don't yes. see it or wear sunglasses <laughs> yeah or wear sunglasses because they need to see that mum mum and dad or your parents are relaxed and happy and mm-hmm. positive and if you're relaxed mm-hmm. happy and positive they'll be relaxed happy and positive um oh definitely get up in plenty of time and don't be rushed on that first day of school make mm-hmm. sure that you've organized things the night before so you're as relaxed as possible and take some time off work if you can so that you, if you do need to stay a little bit longer at school, you, you haven't got that pressure on yourself as well as a parent. Um, and talk to your child when you, and you can practice it at the visits. What's your routine going to be in the morning? Are you going to get to school? Help your child unpack their school bag. Where does the water bottle go? Where does the lunchbox go? and help them do it rather than you do it go and say hello to the teacher so they learn that that's what you do when you arrive at school you actually go to the adult and say hello and good morning that's really really important to build that relationship and then have something that you've discussed that is mum or dad going to read a book before they go are they going to sit down at a table and join in an activity with you for five minutes before you go decide on something with your child so they know what the routine's going to be and know mm. the expectation of when you're going to say it's time for mum to leave or it's time for dad to leave and decide if you're going to do a hug or whatever your special thing is and then go. It's really important. If your child is going to be anxious, it would be go to the teacher and say, right, Miss such and such or right, Rebecca, um, we're going now. And then the teacher will come over to your child and talk to them and distract them and keep them company while you quickly go mm. and, and and the smoother that is like the quicker you go and the less drawn out the better otherwise it's going to be yeah. multiple hugs multiple tears and and teachers will tell you that within two minutes after you've gone if there were tears they've stopped they've mm. been distracted and they're and they're okay 
I think that's that's important to know. Yeah. 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 You're giving me butterflies already, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> just listening. <laughs> I don't know if it's as a parent or just thinking about, you know, the first day as a teacher and how excited you are for the kids. Yeah. But yeah, I'm getting oh. butterflies just hearing you talk about it. Well, I, I think I think new entrant teachers are really, really special teachers because oh, they are they have they have that responsibility of taking your child and looking yeah. after them and and we've got to really have that really trusting relationship with the parents because we are going to look after your child and we are um totally responsible for your child and we will always always do our best to look after them and um and that, that's the trust we need with parents so that they can go mm. to work and, and know that everything's okay it's very oh, special it's such an exciting but scary time mm. isn't it <sighs> I know, but first day of school, how wonderful is that? It's, it's you yeah. know, both of you. So exciting. Imagine when your two children, are, you know, when they're five. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. I can't even, I can't even imagine. <laughs> no. It'll come around sooner than we think, yeah. I'd say. <laughs> yeah, well, it only seems like yesterday that mine turned five and now they're at high school and I've only got one more, one more year of high school for one of them. And you're thinking, where has it gone? It goes very fast. Where has oh that gone? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Um, so, Rebecca, what are the expectations when it comes to reading, writing, and maths when they start? I know you said we don't really have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, you know, that's down to the school. Is there any ideals that you would have as a new entrant teacher that we can do at home quite you know I'm not talking about sitting at home yeah. every day and setting up a classroom but just little bits and pieces to help them out I guess so it's not too overwhelming when they start yeah I always say try and find natural everyday ways of doing it rather than sitting down and teaching mm-hmm. I think that's that's the most important yeah. thing um and, and I think there are things that teachers would honestly say oh it makes it does make it easier for them and it does make it easier for the teacher if there's certain things that families have done with their children you know so if it was reading it is the read to your child heaps and talk about the books and and have favorite books um nursery rhymes i think at one stage nursery rhymes and fairy tales went out of fashion a bit but nursery Mm. rhymes have all the the rhythm and rhyme of nursery rhymes is so critical um singing with your children so that's reading and singing songs so children learn Mm. to expect certain structures of sentences and to expect a word to rhyme and that's really important so they're they're listening Mm -hmm. to different sounds as you read so I think that's really important and to include alphabet books in your bedtime books have a pile of Mm -hmm. you know three or four different types of alphabet books so you can every night choose one and which one will we look at tonight and what starts with L and L and Lion Lollipop and um, and get them to actually be involved and enjoying to explore the letters of the alphabet in a, in a nice relaxed way with you. Mm, um, do okay. puzzles, lots and lots of puzzles, because puzzles again they train our eyes to mm. notice different shapes and patterns. So doing puzzles is really really good pre-reading and writing skills because you're noticing different shapes and things that connect. And that's People, lots of people don't realise that puzzles is, is something really important. Yeah, I didn't realise that even as a teacher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so so puzzles are very, very good. And it's a fun thing to do is to sit down together and oh, do a yeah. puzzle. Can they write their name or at least recognise their name so that you talk about the letters just in their name? And if that's, the, if that's the only thing they can read or the only letters they know, that's still good. Teachers will be very okay. happy that they that they recognise their name. And that's the, that's the place to start when it yeah. comes to learning, learning letters, is the ones in their special name. Okay. It's um, such, such a great idea. So Harry has started at kindy and he's yeah. only – like just he turned two in May and every every morning that he's there he has to find his name tag that then yeah he takes to hang his bag up and yeah. he sometimes I don't know if it's a fluke like he's <laughs> just started like being able to recognize which one is his name yeah. and it's only yeah. only because he's that's what they do every mm. single day that they go there and yeah. um it just goes to show that something 
that's so such a simple thing to do, but it's amazing so how ha- he's clicked onto it really quickly. Mm. That's right. And you might put his name on his lunchbox. And if you've got a couple of lunchboxes that you're packing in the morning, you know, he finds his lunchbox and it's got Harry written on it. Um, or he might mm, have a placemat. That's a good idea, actually. Ta- he might have mm. a placemat at the table and it has Harry on it indefinitely on his door, you know, or, or his school bag or something. Mm. So, yeah, look yeah. for natural places for his name. Um, yeah. And if you are doing writing, the biggest golden rule to look out for is do not teach capital letters. Only teach the lower cl- case letters. Right. Because yeah. it is way easier to write capital letters with all the straight lines. And once they learn to do a capital letter, it's very hard to unlearn it and go back to using lowercase letters. Yes. So, right. Yes. Yeah. So the only capital letter they should ever learn is the first letter of their name and mm-hmm. nowhere else. Yeah. That's that's probably one of the Great things tip. that most teachers would talk about. Because <laughs> capital letters yeah, are yeah. so hard to stop them. <laughs> yeah. um, Even teaching then, like year five, you'd get a yeah. word with a random capital letter in the middle of it, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I, I was listening to Yolanda Sorrell, who does Yolanda Sorrell's um, phonics programs, and oh, she's well she's known amazing. in many yeah many schools. She's she's a great advocate of not using any capital letters as a new entrant teacher while they start to write, and then very right, slowly yeah. bring only the one at the beginning, or just for their name. So they're very and not to correct them until they're very confident with all the lowercase letters and then start bringing the capitals into the correct places. Okay. So, yeah, lowercase letters, the formation of those is really important. Um, and then when it comes to maths, we just say, you know, your basic counting forward, backwards and forth to 10, um, count on the swing, read the, you know, try and find numbers on letterboxes, cook yeah. with your children and talk about half a piece of toast quarter of a piece of toast yeah. you know just look for look for maths in everyday life rather than sitting down and having to learn um like a teacher just actually look for it yeah. in everyday life that oh, sounded like great. a lot <laughs> oh but it's so easy to yeah. just bring into everyday life and I would say if yeah. most parents or sorry a lot yeah. of parents would be doing a lot of that stuff already without even knowing they were yeah. helping prepare their child yeah. for school yeah yeah and it is recognizing that what they're doing at kindergarten gets them ready for school and what you're doing yeah. at home gets them ready for school I think that's important to recognize both both of that and and I always say thank you to kindergarten because kindergartens and I say to parents kindergartens are teaching your children to socialize to communicate to compromise to make choices to um, manage themselves they're learning so many skills at kindergarten and those skills will help them um, when they start school so that's that's the job of kindergartens and preschools and that's what what they do really really well yeah definitely this one is more of a just your opinion would you say (laughs) that there is a big difference between boys and girls when they start school and um or like being school ready and if so why do you think this is well that's interesting because as we know some schools don't start children till they're seven overseas so you know around Mm -hmm. the world there's lots of differences as to when children start school um yes sometimes there are differences i still remember a group of mums that said oh watch out rebecca these boys have all been playing their entire three years at kindergarten on the police bikes. It's all they've been doing outside. <laughs> <laughs> like, watch out, Rebecca. Um, and they were delightful. And they were busy boys. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah. But they all did really well at school because we went, this is what they can do and what are they interested in and so what do we do next. But I've also had boys that have started school being able to read, write and fantastic people at drawing and were fantastic at cutting and um so I just think every child is different I've had girls that have been very socially mature and and I think that's probably the stereotype is that people will say that girls have got those stronger social skills 
um, and self-managing skills and they bring that with them to school. Mm. But I've also had mm-hmm. girls who have been very anxious or timid or mm. um, not wanting to try something. So I think as teachers we have to go, they're all going to come with something different mm. and, and yeah. what do we what do we do next to help them? Um, so we just have to accept them however they are. Um, yeah. I have to say when those mothers told me to watch out for their little group of boys that were about to start, I was thinking, right, <laughs> what am I going to do to yeah. make sure yeah. <laughs> that, that I'm providing what they need when they arrive in my class? Um, yeah. And I'm yeah. still teaching still teaching some of them, and I love them dearly. Um, yeah. If I'm teaching them now that they're in, in year three and four. And, and they oh, were a delight. Oh. And, and they're doing well at school because they had a good kindergarten experience before they came to school yeah yeah and they do lots of outdoor life experience things but that all helps Mm. them as well at school yeah 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 Mm. that's always so good to hear because you do so often are told you know that boys can't sit still on the mat when they start and you know girls are always so eager to please the teacher and and are always you know the first ones to put their hand up so it's so nice to hear that it is a lot more child dependent than we give them credit for yeah, and, and I think, too, mm. that teaching in primary schools over the last few years has changed as well, and some of that suits probably boys a little bit more as well. So we have a lot more play-based, um, yeah. a lot more having choice so they can choose what am I interested in, and I'm going to choose that as an activity. Um, the fle- flexible learning environments where children can choose what space they might move to or where they might sit, that also helps all those different children who have got different needs. Um, So Mm. we're doing things differently at primary school. And some of the things we're doing at primary school, that's what they were used to doing at kindergarten. So it actually helps Mm. with the transition to school because it'll be familiar. At kindergarten, they get to choose what they want to do. At kindergarten... They can go, do I want to go outside? Do I want to be inside? Do I want to go to that room? And they, yeah. they don't get told, sorry, you must sit at this table all day. So mm, by schools yeah. having a little bit more flexible environments and a little bit more of that play-based or student choice, that's helping the new children transition and go, oh, this is a little bit like yeah. kindergarten or preschool. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to be okay. Um, so mm, I think... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm. Gosh, what what an exciting time of their lives. It is. It is. And it goes so, so fast. Thank you so much, Rebecca. It's my pleasure. It's been lovely to catch up with both of you. And um, Yeah, it's been so nice. Well, just talking about this reminds me of the important role we have as teachers as we're we're taking on people's children. And, you know, it's so important that we set things up so it's positive and successful. Oh, thank you. And thank we appreciate all the great work that you do. So thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. We're very lucky. Yeah, well, teaching's always fun. <laughs> it's never boring. <laughs> it's so never boring. You always yeah. have a good story. That's true. Yeah, there's always a, there's always a good story and, and, and no day is ever the same. <laughs> no. <laughs>